Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my monthly live training. My next live training will be happening on Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, Emily Melius. She's a return guest to the show. And let me just preface the show by saying this. Oh my goodness. If you have never been to the top of Mount Everest, the highest point on our planet, Emily is going to take you there today. Listen to this complete episode. You are going to be so thankful you did. Here's my conversation with Emily Melius. Emily, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me twice over. Yes, June 17th, you were on the show and the show notes are going to have the link to the episode. We talked about what it takes for you to be successful, strengths versus weaknesses. We had a really good debate on that. And we, mm-hmm. uh, Emily also shared with us three factors required to be fulfilled and satisfied. But today we're not going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk about, in case you haven't heard, there's this thing called COVID-19 running around <laughs> and a lot of people are transitioning, homeschooling. And I just had a thought that the people who already homeschooled, they're like, yeah, what's the big deal? But for the rest of us mere mortals, you know, we're working from home, we're on Zoom calls, we're training our kids while we're doing Zoom calls. You talk about the transition's got to be the second most popular word next to COVID-19 in 2020. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. We are all going through some kind of change right now, and no one's exempt from that. Yes. I love that. So talk to us about, it was like actually in March of 2020, where this transition started happening. All the sports leagues shut down, the schools let out. And of course, nobody knew this was coming. And so I got to imagine psychologically, because we've never gone through this before, it's got to really affect people psychologically because this was forced on us and people lost their jobs and anything like that. So talk a little bit about that for us. Sure. Well, I'll just speak about my own experiences. So I'm a mom to a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and my husband and I both work full-time and they, my, my older son was in full-time public school. My younger son was in full-time daycare at the time, and we were just humming right along. And we had it figured out, right? So this has been very humbling because like you said, in the spring, that all changed. Literally uh, in an instant, I remember we picked up my older son from school that day, and they had said, we're going to take a, a two week break at the time, you know, which now feels laughable. <laughs> We're just going to take a two week break to get a handle on things and then you can come back. And two weeks grew to be two months, mm. you know, which grew to be to the end of the school year. And that was one of the most difficult times I think our family has ever experienced. 
And part of that was because not only was it tremendous change, but it was change that was not on our terms. Mm. And we also didn't have a good handle on it, right? We kept saying this is temporary. We can get through anything that's temporary. But that temporariness <laughs> grew, yes. right? And and now we're looking to this school year upcoming and and that too is not the normal that we're used to experiencing and back to school doesn't look the same. So as I've said before and to many people, this has been a very humbling season of life because we've been reminded of our own limitations. And I've had a lot of personal reflection on that. And I'm grateful for it because I've given myself permission to not do everything I did before and definitely not to feel that I needed to do it all well. I mean, for the first two weeks of all of this, Mark, I felt like a total failure Mm. because I felt like I wasn't doing good at any of it. I wasn't being a good mom. I wasn't being a good professional. I wasn't being a good homeschooler because I was trying to do all of it at the same level of pre-COVID. And that was totally unrealistic self-expectations. And it was very freeing the moment that I said, okay, let me rethink my expectations for myself. It was really me that was putting the worst amount of pressure on me. And when I reset those self-expectations to better match the situation that we were going through. I went from setting myself up for, for, for failure to setting myself up for success. And though that wasn't, you know, easy sailing past that point, it has been a big game changer in our experience of this very difficult situation. Mm. Well, you know, we are going to get through this. I don't know when. Yes. I, I don't have a crystal ball. We will get through this. The Spanish flu in 1918 that killed, you know, countless numbers of people, you know, they never thought it was going to end and it ended. So there is going to be another side. But until that time, we're going to need to learn to adapt to our new normal. I don't think we'll be wearing masks for 70 years. I don't think we'll be social distancing for 70 years and not hugging people and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, again, I don't know when that is going to stop. And I don't think anyone does because we're, we're learning this every day as we go on. But the thing is, we still have to live life. We still have to show up for our families. We still have to show up for our clients. We still have to serve people. And, and so we have to learn the transition. And I know some people, they took it and it's like, you know what? I'm just going to make the best as I can. I'm going to show up like I show up every day on LinkedIn Live and I'm on, you know, posting every day and I'm still servicing my clients and stuff like that. But I know a lot of people just say, look, I'm just going to, I'm going to use this as a vacation. I'm going to watch all the shows I want to watch at Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime Video and what have the case may be and watch the news and stay up late and sleep in. The problem is that was good for like a week. Now we're mm-hmm. like four or five months into this thing. Now, what are you going to do? Because I don't think this thing's going to end in a week or so. And I think we're going to need to learn how to cope and still survive and not like keep our head in the sand and pretend nothing happened because COVID is definitely real. Yeah, I think that was a trap thinking that way. And yeah, we all fell into the trap, right? And that was when we were telling ourselves, this is temporary. Mm -hmm. And when we thought about it that way, it was easy to go into denial and think, more about, well, just ride this out until we go back to what we know. 
And it's become obvious now that, yes, this will end, but even when it ends, there's no going back. We are permanently changed as a society, as an educational system, as a workplace from what's happened. And I would say not all of that is bad change, but longing for the past is unproductive. And I've found that those businesses and family units that have come to grips with that and have decided to shift their mindset to positivity and innovation and agility around what's happening, they're the ones that are really coming out, not only surviving, but thriving, particularly businesses. I know businesses, and I'll speak for my own, that are having some of the best months in business. That's, that has absolutely been what I've experienced. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think a lot of it is because after I did the you know self-wallowing for a couple of weeks, <laughs> I thought about what does the new normal need right now? And how can I quickly innovate value for people where they are right now? Because what worked two months ago really doesn't apply now. It feels pretty frivolous. Mm-hmm. And that's been very successful. But And again, I think a lot of the same talents and strategies that are working on the business front are required on our personal lives right now in our, and in our families. I got out of this COVID-19 thing, how fragile our Mm -hmm. life is. We had been humming right along for decades. Oh, we're invincible. We're human beings. We're top of the food chain. Although I wouldn't want to go face to face with a line, but that's the subject of another (laughs) podcast. And we just had this attitude that, you know, we got it made in the shade. And, and all of a sudden this thing called COVID hit us. And it just, it didn't just like, trip us up like like the kids the mean kids used to do in school and you drop your lunch or whatever i mean this really walloped us and i think for the first couple months we were in denial Mm -hmm. we're like what just happened and we're all trying to get our bearings together now here we are in august 21st and we're like okay all right so this has been going on march april may june july august Uh, i don't know when it's going to end and no one knows it's going to end but i think a lot of people now because it's been going on so long, are like, okay, this monster, this ugly thing is not going away in the next couple of days. I need to adapt. And to use your word, I need to transition. But I really think it showed us that we are fragile human beings. And it's really weird. Like I'm looking out my window and I see the green grass and I see the flowers and the blue sky. It doesn't look like there's anything wrong with the world. See, during World War One and World War Two, there's cities that were bombed and people blood spilling on the on the ground. We can't see that. We're like, there's like, there's what's wrong? There, there's nothing wrong. Our minds are going, there's nothing wrong in the world. But there is. And I think that's Part of the problem is psychologically, we can't see this unless you go to the hospitals, of course. We can't look out our window and see COVID. Yeah, it's a scary enemy when you can't see what you're fighting. But I will say, I mean, Mark, you and I have talked about and our faith, and I mm-hmm. believe we share a similar faith background. And I've got to be honest, of course, I don't want anything COVID. I don't want anybody to be suffering and and least of all losing their life to this disease. But 
I do think it's important to have these occasions where we are humbled. Mm. It is easy to feel godlike. We are top of the food chain. We are, you know, I am man, hear me roar, right? <laughs> we are humans. We do feel invincible. And that can be an unhealthy mindset. Mm-hmm. And again, as much as I didn't want any kind of global pandemic, I can see how it is good to be reminded of our own fragility. And I see how that, as sad as it is, puts us in a place where we start making better decisions about how we're spending our time, how we're investing in relationships. I mean, these difficult times do cause you to reflect on what's really most important in life. And when you're humming, drumming along and life is good and we're on top of the world, we don't think like that. Nope. Nope. Yeah. We don't. And I'll tell you this much. I was out. I go running every day. And I try to get out before the sun comes up. And the last couple of days, I've been out running. And when I get toward the end of my run, the way I run my path at the local park is when I'm about, about probably 80% done my run, the sun is just coming up over the horizon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just look at the sunrise. And you and I are both Christians. And I, I look at it. And my first thought is like, okay, God, you showed up. And now you're showing off again because you just painted this magnificent sunrise. But I realized that, you know, whether you believe in God or not, we're all his children and he's got us. Okay. And, and I think what we need to do is realize that in the scheme of history, you and me and everyone else on the planet, we're just so a tiny part. We're an important part of his world, but we are not the world. Okay. I know that song in the eighties, like we are the world. We are not the world. Okay, the world includes everything that God ever created, but we're an important part of it. And we need to, like we are doing in, during COVID-19, we're slowing down. We're spending more time with our family. We're spending more time helping people. And I really think we needed that because for so long, people were narcissistic. They were only thinking about themselves. They weren't thinking, oh, oh, let me help my neighbor or let me help this person. I'll give you an example. I know, I know your coach as well. I've had people come to me and say, look, I lost my job, but I really want to invest in you. And they said, well, you know, can we work out some kind of payment plan? And I said, well, you know, I own the, I know who owns the company. Yeah, I can, I can hook (laughs) you up because, but now I probably would have done that before COVID, but I think more and more people are realizing, you know, we're all on this planet together. And it's better off if we help each other than if we start and we stop making it about us. Because like you said, I like that word fragility. We are a fragile human being and we are strong. But if we took our planet and put it on Pluto, we died an instant. So we're not really that strong. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com, for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. And it, you know, makes me think about our our pastor this last uh, Sunday. He challenged us. He said, go on your back patio and just watch a bird for five minutes, Hmm. truly sit and watch a bird for five minutes and watch them snatch a worm and, you know, make their home. And 
if God takes care of that bird, how much more so will he take care of us? Yes. And it is a good reminder. And to your point, when you're running, when you're seeing the sunrise, when you get to see a beautiful day, a beautiful sky, how much more so are we really taken care of? And that's been a helpful reprioritization for me because I'm a control freak, total <laughs> confession. I mean, this is a lifelong struggle. Me I'm too. sure it will continue. You. I want control. I love control. <laughs> uh, my my poor husband um, can attest to this. And it's really just a um, us fooling ourselves anyways, right? We don't really have <laughs> control. And I think the sooner that we can recognize that, be humbled by that, and live our lives recognizing that, of course not throwing our hands up at that, but being respectful about that and aligning our priorities accordingly. I think that's really important. What would you say to someone who is listening to this conversation and they go, okay, I get it. I understand what you guys are saying. I get it, but I'm really struggling with the transition. I mean, I had a nice comfortable job and now I've lost my job or maybe I'm working remotely. My days are full of Zoom calls and I've got two little ones like you do, Emily, and and, and I've got a homeschool and I'm really struggling with the transition. What words would you offer this person? Sure. Well, that's a great question. And like you, I do a lot of coaching. So I work with companies. I work with individual professionals. I work with those in career transition and I work with families and kids. So basically, I work with folks of all ages and stages of life, but the goal is to help them find fulfillment, whether it be in work or school or life in general. And, you know, the situation you're describing certainly doesn't feel fulfilling. You know, there are many of us that are just trying to keep our head above water. And number one is give yourself grace, lots of it. I think we're hardest on ourselves. I mean, I am. Give yourself tremendous amounts of grace because these are unprecedented, crazy, wild, weird, wacky times. And it's okay. It's okay to slack off and watch an hour of stupid TV. It's okay to not get to the laundry. It's okay to eat an excessive amount of takeout because you're exhausted <laughs> and cannot even think about what to eat for dinner tonight. It's okay not to have the most perfect Pinterest-worthy homeschool room for your kids. It's okay. And that would be step number one. Step number two is I would say, remember that the way we deal with change is unique to each of us. And it's based off of our combination of striving instincts. Now, you might not heard of striving instincts before, but unlike personality and intelligence, each of us has this natural, innate way of problem solving and taking action. So it's not necessarily what you were taught. It's not even always what you want to do. It's just how you're hardwired to deal with life, the goods and the bads. And that's our sort of legend to the map of life. The sooner you can figure out your legend, 
the sooner you can get to where you're trying to go and the in in a more fulfilled efficient way so i would say reflect on that and if anybody's interested that's listening i can help you assess that so we can really nail that down but figure that out about yourself how do you naturally deal with change how does your spouse deal with change how do your kids deal with change because likely it's not the same and then how can you give yourself that freedom to deal with the change in the way that you need to. So for example, if you're someone like me that thrives on certainty, I innately reduce unknowns and uncertainties by getting information. And this has been a hard time because there's who the heck knows what's going to happen two weeks, two months from now. There isn't a lot of certainty. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I know that about myself means that at least I can help myself along by uh, getting as many resources and information as possible, staying up to date on news and updates of what's happening with schools, talking to people that have the latest information, because that helps me feel more confident in my decision-making when at least I have as much known as can be known. And if you have kids that are like this, sit them around the kitchen table and say, here's everything we know. Here's everything we don't know. And give them time and space to ask questions because they're probably feeling stressed out about all of the unknowns too. And I find that a lot of parents, because that because they know or understand a situation, we forget that our kids don't know everything we know. Mm-hmm. So they may be even more so in the dark, even more so uncertain about the things that are happening and I find that these kids especially can definitely handle the truth, right? You, you can't handle the truth. They can handle the truth. And in fact, it's really important that they, you know, obviously age appropriately, but they know as much as they can because for them, knowledge is power. So that's just one example, very practically, of if you know how you thrive in the face of change, particularly change that's not on your terms, then think through how you can manage that in the best way possible and then meet the needs of those around you. I love how you brought up about extending grace to ourselves mm. because we do tend to be very hard on ourselves. Uh, we're not high school teachers. We're not elementary school teachers. And now we have to homeschool our kids and we expect ourselves to be an awesome teacher. Why would you think that when you are not a teacher by trade and we have to extend ourselves grace and say, listen, I, I went through this stuff many years ago. It'll come back to you and just extend yourself grace, take your time, and you'll be fine. But we do tend to be so critical on ourselves. Oh, I should have got it right the first time. How come I don't understand this? Like, you know, back in April, uh, back in February, no one thought this was going to be an issue. And now it is an issue. And just slow down, take a breath, and realize you'll get through this. It won't be perfect, but you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be there. And I think so many people are striving for perfection. And I think that's an unattainable goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am a perfectionist and I am a high achiever. I, I am so guilty of all of those things. But I learn every day I have to let that go. Mm hmm. And sometimes it takes me till 10 a.m. to let it go. Sometimes it takes me <laughs> to 3 p.m. to let it go. Sometimes it takes me till 10 p.m. to let it go, right? But <laughs> it is a constant daily 
exercise of letting that go. And like we've talked about focusing on the things that really matter and realizing who am I doing those things for? Mm. Because it's often for me. It's my crazy self-expectations that are totally unrealistic. It's it's often not that my husband expects that of me or that my kids expect that of me or I like you and my own employer, but I know um, not it's not always employers or or colleagues that expect it of you. It's in your own head. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk a lot back and forth on social media about it's just it's so much of a mental game. This is so much of a mindset thing yes. to move forward productively, fulfilled through life. It's it really is, gosh, 90% of a mental battle, would you say? Yeah. A hundred percent. I I think hundred percent was 90%. That's kind of, I just caught myself saying that, (laughs) Uh, but I agree with you a hundred percent because a lot of people, they will say, well, I can't do thus and such. And like, how do you know? Have you ever tried it? Well, no. Then how do you know? It's kind of like, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom would say, we're going to have this for dinner. I'm like, well, I don't like that. And she goes, I've never made this before. Well, I just know. Mm -hmm. No, we don't know. We have to try to become a teacher. We have to try to become a virtual coach. I mean, I was virtual coaching six months before. I mean, I, I stopped doing the impersonal thing. I just didn't want to you know, be a speaker. I wanted to do everything online. I'm very comfortable. As you can tell, I go live every day on LinkedIn. I love doing that. And my the way I look at life is I wake up every day. I, I thank God I woke up and then I get excited about this interview, about my my clients I have to deal with or going live on LinkedIn, whatever case may be. And I, I would argue if you wake up and you hate what you're doing, I think you need to spend some time reflecting on why. Because this is a really scary time we're in, but it's never been a better time to learn a new skill and start a new profession or maybe go into business for yourself. Don't settle with, well, I make enough money and I got the benefits. If you don't like what you're doing, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying you have a long life ahead of you. So go find out what you love to do. Go learn that skill. And then maybe you can eventually quit your job and go do what you want to do. But life is is too short. You only get one of them. So I, I, I say don't, don't do stuff you, you hate to do just for the money. I think that's a silly reason to go after a career. Yeah, there's uh, so much disruption happening in our world right now. And as uncomfortable as that is for most of us, it presents an incredible opportunity like we've never experienced before. That is, why not just <laughs> make these changes? Because there are so many things that aren't quote unquote normal. So it's sort of like since over here's in disruption, why not just consider changing up my job? Since most people are in this flux transition, why not um, consider that? And to your point, obviously responsibly, we're not necessarily just going to quit our jobs, but that in the disruption, it, it's sort of like the wildfire, right? Uh, or, or the uh, forest fires, which is, obviously painful and disruptive and destructive, but out of that comes the soil that breeds new life, new Mm -hmm. opportunity. And I think that's true across the board. So we all have to ask ourselves, what new life and new opportunity are we looking for out of the destruction, out of the disruption? So this is an opportunity to make that new 
fresh start, whatever that means for you. I love that. I love how you talk about disruption, because if you look at all the disruptions we've seen in the last 10 years, Uber, Airbnb, way back in the 70s, you know, Apple and Microsoft, what if they didn't decide to disrupt the way it was? Would we be having this conversation right now? You have to have disruption in good times and in bad times. And yeah, they could be scary, but I'm glad that Edison disrupted by creating electricity. Where would we be without electricity? And so how can you disrupt your flow of things if you're not happy? Because you can. And like like Emily said, we're not telling you to quit your job. But if you have another calling, which I believe everyone's born with a calling, and yes. you've got to obey that calling. And I didn't know what my calling was until 50 years. So I was that's five years ago for me. And it's mm-hmm. okay if you don't know what your calling is. Just keep trying new things. And eventually you'll find something and it'll click and you're like, that's it. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Some people find it when they're five. Mine, I was 50 and it's okay. There's no rush to find your calling. It'll be revealed to you, in my opinion, at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to be listening. You have yes. to be ready to receive it. There's a quote that I love and I believe we don't know who said it. I think it's attributed to you know, anonymous, but it says something like you can't always get rid of the fear. Sometimes you just have to do it afraid. Yes. I love that. And that also reminds me of Dan Sullivan, who's a mentor of mine. I think one of the most brilliant thinkers of our time, he founded a coaching program called strategic coach. And he has this thinking exercise and he talks about the Times of greatest growth in our lives start with typically a big, scary commitment, one that we're not actually ready to fulfill, but we step out like you've, you know, stepped out to commit to being on LinkedIn Live every day. You stepped out to making a podcast. You weren't a podcast expert before you did that. You weren't a LinkedIn expert before you did that. You made the commitment and then it took courage which courage is not the absence of fear. It's acting while afraid. That's what courage is. It took courage to build the capabilities in yourself to meet that commitment. And that's growth. And I challenge everyone listening right now to think about what big commitment can you make for yourself, for your profession, for your family right now? What courage are you going to show to fulfill that commitment? And what capabilities are you going to add to your repertoire to meet that commitment and think about the growth that can happen from that? If everybody did that once and committed to doing one cycle of that, and this is something where we just keep repeating that cycle, keep growing. But if we did one cycle of that and we all came back together you know, two months from now, three months from now, the progress would be remarkable. But really, I think it's, you're never really ready emotionally Mm -hmm. to take those jumps. If we listen to our emotions, we would all be stagnant because it growth has to have courage. And again, there's always fear in growth, always. So yes, you're afraid, but you need to act while afraid. Wow. You know, I, 
I've got to stop the podcast now because that is the awesome. <laughs> I'm serious. That is so powerful. I want to end on a high note. I mean, you took that, that, what you just said, Emily, top of Mount Everest. I, I kid you not. And I don't want people to miss that. And I would encourage you to, well, listen to the episode over again. But if nothing else, rewind about maybe two minutes and listen to what Emily said again. That is powerful. She took you to the top of the mountain. So please do something with what she said. Otherwise, why'd you listen to this podcast? So And report back. Yes, I think, Mark, yes. you and I would love yes. to hear <laughs> yes. what big commitment are you making? How are you working through the fear? What capabilities are you developing in this time? And what growth just took place? Because you didn't just listen to this conversation, you acted on it. And I would I would love to hear the progress that all of your listeners make out of acting on this conversation. Yes. So speaking of that, how can they find out to get in touch with you to share their victories with you? Oh, please do. Well, first and foremost, I uh, am very active on LinkedIn. So you can find me there. Emily Melius, M-E-L-I-O-U-S. It's kind of a tricky last name, but uh, Mark, you know how tricky last names go. Yes, I do. (laughs) Please connect with me there. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, kind of interested in this innate strength stuff and how that applies to work, school, and life for you, check us out on the website. It is launchconsulting.io. The .io piece is a little tricky. So launchconsulting.io. And I cannot wait to hear from all of you. Well, Emily, I was so thrilled. The first time you were on back in June of 2020, Mm -hmm. and now August 21st, 2020, you delivered value again. This time you took us, I don't know what the second highest peak was. You did that in June 17th, (laughs) but you took us to Mount Everest today. So thank you so much for being on the show. It is a pleasure. Anytime, Mark, anytime. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training, Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. Going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. Register by clicking the link in my show notes or in the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.